Webmaster Radio helps you to find your inner peace and help you discover the key to success. Webmaster Radio presents Good Karma. Whether you are a newbie or an experienced Internet explorer, it's time to find the answers that you seek. Ask the questions that others are afraid to ask and earn the rewards of your good karma. And now Webmaster Radio presents Good Karma. And now, here is your host, Good ROI, Greg Nyland. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another excellent show where we're going to be giving out great advice to all the newbies out there and the old dogs looking to learn new tricks. This week, we're going to be talking about all the lovely design issues floating on around there. And we have Reese Spikerman from Designs by Reese. Hey, Reese, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing excellent, as always. Um, love that guitar riff. <laughs> um, <laughs> so just jamming and spamming and getting ready for beautiful Search Bash down in Jamaica. Ah, you're lucky. It's coming up in a few weeks. going to be a great shindig for everyone that can make it. Um, nothing better than uh, sipping cocktails on the beach as the waves lap up to you, you know? No kidding. I think I need to get into your line of work instead of mine. Yeah, you're, you really got to switch over, you know? The design <laughs> work, it's nice and all that stuff, and you're in the groove and you're an expert at it. But, nah, come on, switch over. Start doing jamming and spamming. Yeah, I'm not going to Jamaica. <laughs> I'm missing out, I think. Well, I only realized um, just recently you're up in Canada. That's right, I am. Oh, man, you really need that to get to uh, warm weather. You aren't kidding. I actually just came back from Malaysia, so I did get my share of warm weather recently. Okay, so for anyone wondering, designers do pretty well also. <laughs> <laughs> No, we went to visit family there, but um, it, it was a good time. Really? Yes. Do they have any friends in Malaysia that are looking to do link development work? Do I? <laughs> we'll talk after the show. Okay, that sounds good. We can talk. Um, but let's get back to the focus here. Um, for people that are not familiar with who you are, um, I'm sure they've probably stumbled across your work because you do blog work for the big blogs out there for small businesses and big businesses out there, you know, helping them uh, create an online brand. Um, one of the uh, your more recent works is uh, SugarRate.com. That's um, right. So for everyone that uh, checks out her super sleek spy uh, style going on, that was a re-special right there. <laughs> yep. That was a very fun design to do. Yeah. Um, but for, okay, so now people know you doing good work here. You got really nice portfolio behind you. What information do we want to share with the listening public out there? Hmm, about me, about design? Um, let's go with design. Okay. Well, you know, the web, even though it's been around for a while, in so many ways, I think is still somewhat of a young thing. And it, only in recent years have people really begun to look at web design and the importance of making websites not only look good, but make them usable and functional and all that good stuff. And I think it's an area, first of all, that's ripe for people who are interested in learning more about it and possibly doing what I do. There's a lot of work out there to do what I do. Um, and I think it's an area that's still sort of growing and trying to get its legs. You'll run across a lot of discussion on the web about what makes good design, what doesn't, um, what things should we be taking under consideration. So it's, it's a movement that's still learning a lot about itself, I think. What type of uh, specs do you think people should be going after? You know, resolution, what type of browsers to handle, that type of thing? Well, you know, it's sort of a relative question. Because it really, it depends on your client, uh, for me, my client, uh, and also then if, if you're going to be doing your site yourself or having a designer do it, who your primary audience is. Um, these days, browsing statistics tell us that the majority of people are on browsers with resolutions of about 1024 or higher. So some of the strictness that was around before, that was around designing for 800 by 600, is relaxing. I still do a great majority of my sites 
to fit within the 800 by 600 boundaries. Um, But I've started to do some more that are wider because the web is increasingly moving that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, it's ultimately driven by the main audience of the site. For example, the considerations, if your primary market is a bunch of senior citizens, is going to be drastically different than the consideration for an audience of teenagers in terms of everything from how big you need to make the fonts to what colors you should be using. So in terms of specs, um, you know, it really depends. I think if you want to be safe, you, it would probably be wise to continue to design for 800 by 600 resolutions. But again, it depends on your end goals. Right. And for anyone that's wondering about, you know, what specs they should be doing for their uh, private site, you know, their individual sites, they can be checking out their log files and their log files will actually record that uh, information in there. Exactly. Um, For instance, a lot of the people listening to us are webmasters, so I would assume that they probably are more technically advanced and have much larger screens than 1024. Probably, Um, yes. So if you're going after that market, you don't really want to be going with an 800 screen. But as you were saying, if you're going after senior citizens, you want much larger fonts, and dealing with smaller screens because they're probably not upgrading their computer equipment every year. (laughs) No, they really have no need to. (laughs) Yeah, at least um, the senior citizens I know, um, you know, they call me up when their printer gets jammed from, you know, the printer they've owned for like five years. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's like a, I wouldn't be surprised if a few of them were still running around on like Commodores or something. Yeah. (laughs) So, but... What common mistakes do you see people making in the uh, design work today? Um, I think probably the biggest thing I see, uh, because I was talking earlier about there's so much room for people to jump in and do what I do, what ends up happening is a lot of people jump into web design without consideration for the development aspect of things. Uh, the capability to design does not necessarily make one a good web developer. For example, someone who's adept at Flash design may not make the best web designer because Flash-only websites, as you probably know, are not spidered well by search engines. No. (laughs) Um, You know, and it's, it's very similar to if I were to jump into print design and not do my homework or learn about what printers require in terms of resolution, fonts, and files. So I think, you know, a lot of people see the web world and uh, the web design world and they think it's very easy. Oh, I can make something look good. But there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes and it, it requires a fair amount of learning and growth and development. So I think one of the biggest mistakes I see is people getting their feet wet without necessarily looking at the big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I'm perusing my little cheat sheet here, um, what do you think are any colors to use or to avoid, you know, or any special fonts? Okay. Well, first we'll talk about color. And, you know, I don't really think you can say use or avoid. The way I like to look at it is any color can be used effectively if provided with a complementary set of colors to go with it. And I think what's more important than use or avoid a certain color is to make sure you have contrast when you're working with colors. For example, if you have a very light gray background color on your website, putting white text on it is not going to be a good idea because it's not going to be very readable for anyone. Um, I think for people who are interested in learning a bit more about this, basic color theory can help a lot. And I have a site that kind of gives a very simple breakdown, and it's called colormatters.com. I'll spell that out for you. C-O-L-O-R-M-A-T-T-E-R-S.com. Uh, a tool I use for color help is called Color Schemer. It's a, it may be a little advanced for people who are first learning about color, but I, it helps a lot when I'm developing my palette. So As it'll make no fun, sense for people like me. What was that? So it'll make no sense for people like me. Not unless you have a bit of color theory knowledge under your belt. I wouldn't recommend it. But it could be fun for you to play around with. Uh, Do you want to go over fonts briefly? Yeah, let's talk about fonts. Um, Times New Roman, Ariel, what are we uh, going with nowadays, huh? Well, um, again, it's kind of like anything else. It depends on a lot of things. Something interesting I read the other day is that apparently Europeans 
tend to like sans serif fonts more, and those are fonts like Arial and Helvetica, whereas people in the West, in America and in North America, tend to gravitate more towards fonts like Georgia and Times. Um, there are a couple fonts that were made specifically for screen reading, and those are Georgia and Verdana. But beyond that, I personally think it's wise for most people to stick to using three or fewer fonts on their web page. In fact, I would advocate sticking to two. Any more than that, you're going to have a lot of visual clutter. It's going to look less professional, less clean. Um, and another tip I can give your users, although I personally break this rule a lot, is use a serif font, which is like Georgia or Times, with a sans serif font, which is Arial or, say, Helvetica or Tahoma. And what you might do is make the serif font your headlines, um, you know, your heads and subheads, and make the sans serif one, which again is Verdana or Hervetica or Arial, make that for all your content. That makes for a nice combination and a nice contrast. You know, I had no idea about that stuff. <laughs> and for everyone listening, this is why you should be going to an expert. <laughs> Yes, this is what they pay me the big bucks for, I guess. <laughs> they know these things. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. You know, I'll just, Ariel's the default for me, so I'll just go with Ariel, you know. And the craziest I go is when I start using, like, H1, H2 tags. You know? Oh, you crazy dog, and you make your Ariel bigger then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Is that considered a, well, actually, I think that's an honest question. Um, when you're talking about only using maximum of two fonts on a page, um, you're talking about different font uh, types, not just increasing a font size. Right. I'm I'm just talking different font faces, which are you know the, what we call the names of fonts. Um, but you know what a lot of people do and is wonderful, and I'll direct you to a site in in a minute that does it great is they'll use just the one or two fonts, but they'll do things like they'll vary the boldness and the size. And a site that does this incredibly well and has a wonderful hierarchy system, and I believe he is only using Arial, but there may be another font on there, is called subtraction.com. And let me make sure that that's the URL. It's S-U-B-T-R-A-C-T-I-O-N.com. Uh, it's a blog. And that's a web designer. But the way he uses typography, I find, is really nice and clean. But it's a great example of using the same font face, Arial, using it in different ways, different colors, bold, different sizes. It would be a great site to learn from. Uh, Did you find it? Does it have a dog on it? Yes, it does. It's a black and white site. Yep, then I'm on it. Okay. Beautiful site. And if you scroll down and look at his blog entries, you'll see what I mean about kind of you can create a hierarchy with type without even having to switch your font face. Man, very cool stuff on that. Very cool. Um, as we're checking out Subtraction.com some more, we're going to take a quick commercial break to listen to our fabulous sponsors, and we'll be right back with Reese talking about design. Stay tuned, everybody. Stick around. Good Karma. We'll be back after this short break. Excellent, excellent. Did you know about one out of five visitors are immediately bouncing off your site? Now, monetize this bouncing traffic with StopBounce.com. Log on to StopBounce.com today and discover how easy it is to generate revenue from this previously untapped source, all while enhancing user experience. Earn money for each visitor leaving your site now with StopBounce.com. Turn lost opportunities into found profits. You wouldn't just tell your web hosting company to just give you the next available random domain name, so don't do that with your phone number. A toll-free number that matches your company name or service can be invaluable and give you an instant nationwide brand name. Try the free vanity number search engine at tollfreenumbers.com. But don't wait, because 1-800-YOUR-NAME may never be available again. Tollfreenumbers.com. Google AdSense. How do I earn from the Let Me Count the Ways? Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. 
Captain's log, stardate 8130.3. Starship Enterprise on training mission to Gamma Hydra, section 14. Identify for retina scan. It's Monty Khan. Khan, you've got Genesis. But you don't have me. You are going to kill me, Khan. You're going to have to come down here. The masses are starting to get online and get their identities and find new ways to make money in the marketplace, and I think they're all aiming their guns. You have a tendency to express ideas in military terms. Mr. Khan, this is a social occasion. Well, they are party animals. They do throw uh, some of the best parties in our industry, that's for sure. Evaluation, Mr. Park. Crude methods, but effective. We posted our booth up next to uh, a booth that's giving away beer. How appropriate that is for you guys, huh? Hey, I've taken care of everything. All y'all got do just relax doctor's orders if i don't see you next week i'll see you in two weeks from now same time same place Khan, how do we know you'll keep your word i promise you be the master of your domain <laughs> don't incur the wrath of Khan. listen to domain masters wednesday nights at 7 p.m eastern only on webmasterradio.fm Now back to Good Karma, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hey everybody, this is Greg Nolan, a.k.a. Good ROI, and we're chatting about designs with Reese. Reese, so we just went way over my head, and you started talking about like color theory and what fonts go with what, depending on what country people are from which is actually really cool, and people should be paying more attention to their log files to figure out where their uh, audience is from and then design for their uh, audience Um, because there's not one answer for everyone out there. It always depends on what uh, specific situation out there. That's right. But here are some general topics that, you know, people, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong because I probably am wrong, um, I think... these are some rules that everyone could follow. Splash okay. pages. You know, when you go to someone's um, website and they have a nice big picture that says click here, is that a good thing or a bad thing for design? Um, well, splash pages have been handled a few different ways. The example you mentioned about a big picture that says click here isn't nearly as bad as someone who makes you sit through a two-minute video without any way to get around it. Um, But in general, I can think of two specific instances where a splash page might be appropriate, and it's basically for a movie website and a video game website. Uh, And even then, I think it's really important to have a skip to content link under whatever video or music or whatever it may be they're presenting. In general, I don't think they're a good idea for business or commercial websites. People don't have patience on the web, in my experience, and a lot of people find a a splash page agitating and annoying, and they kind of want to get around it and get to the nuts and bolts of things. What were you saying? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't have patience and I lost interest. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) So that's what you mean with the splash pages. You want to be able, you know, if you're going to do something cool that people want eye candy, give the people like me with absolutely no patience a workaround. That's right. I I always think you need to give your users options, whether you're talking about a splash page or other features on a site. Yeah, Um, like uh, Subtraction.com was doing with their fonts and stuff. Yes. Very cool stuff going on here. Um, And then do you think people should be designing their website first or optimizing it for the search engines first? I. I think it depends on if you're working with a web designer. I'll basically go over my process because I I have my own experience to speak from. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is someone comes to me and we talk about what they want things to look like, and I come up with a graphic mock-up of how the site will look. Once that's approved, I begin coding that thing. But while I'm coding it, I optimize as I code. I try to make the code as lean as possible. I use heading tags in appropriate places, the proper title tags, make sure things are descriptive. So I kind of think it can go hand in hand, that you can optimize as you design. Um, Once the site is live, I'll advise my clients on things they can do to help 
continue to optimize the site. For example, using the appropriate keywords and blog entry titles, making sure their content is relevant to what they're trying to attract through search engines. So I think it's sort of a multifaceted process. And for me, it happens while I'm designing. Yep. Um, And how is it possible, you know, what recommendations would you have for people that are looking to design for humans and search engines? I, I... I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. Uh, If you look at some of the guidelines given to you by Google, for example, in regards to good design and good code, if you follow those guidelines, you actually do a great service to human users coming on your site. Um, Because search engines tend to favor lean and semantically correct code. And what this does in turn is favor people who use things like screen readers or alternative browsing devices like text-based browsing. Um, So for me, the majority of my sites that look good are also search engine friendly. So I don't think if you're designing for humans, it necessarily means that you aren't designing for search engines. I think the two really go hand in hand. And... Um, how important are the websites for when you're trying to influence the public? Because you were mentioning before that websites, you know, they're really setting the tone of who you are and what you're all about. That's right. Um, I think we can all agree that the web and the Internet has kind of taken the world by storm, and it's really changed the way in which we get information. And in terms of influencing the public, I think what we're seeing more and more is, for example, whereas in the past someone might have gone to the yellow pages to get information, they may now turn to the web to get the same information. And so with that, I think website owners and designers need to keep in mind that they have some amount of responsibility when it comes to people seeking information. Um, I know a lot of people, myself included, will kind of put a lot of stock into what they read online, and I think it's important we keep that in mind. A lot of people are, you know, going to Google, typing in the, uh, your name, and if they're not finding you, they're thinking you're way behind the times. That's right. Or sometimes, and this is why some clients have come to me, they find you and the information they're getting is not information that you're controlling. So I've had clients who come to me and they say, look, when someone types my name in, I want my site and the information I choose to put out there to be, you know, the first thing that comes up for people. And so you have a great deal of opportunity in terms of public relations and how people view you if you create a website for your business or if you're an entrepreneur. And what types of people do you think should be doing, you know, having these websites and doing a better control of their information that don't currently have it? Uh, I think pretty much these days any business or entrepreneur would be benefited with a website. But specifically, some of the people that I think can really benefit from them are folks such as career coaches, authors, speakers, real estate agents, people whose jobs involve a lot of social interaction. Because what happens is when they have a web presence, they immediately have a way for people to learn more about them. And it can really help grow their business and increase customer or client loyalty. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty much everybody, get online if you want to be <laughs> That's smart. That's right. <laughs> um, and, you know, for the people that have got it online, I mean, you've helped so many of them out there. You want to share any highlights to motivate people that have yet to develop the websites for, you know, their different businesses or things like that, and they're just being a bit lazy. Um, Want to give some client success stories to say, okay, get up, stop being lazy, and get it done. Sure. Um, I have a couple I can share. And I know a lot of your listening audience um, might be involved or interested in Internet marketing and those types of topics, but I'm going to speak about two of my clients. One's a musician and one's an author. And their websites have both helped them in very different ways. Um, The first one is a musician named Gary King. And if you want to check out his website that I did, you can check it out at garykingmusic.com. And that's G-A-R-Y-K-I-N-G-M-U-S-I-C.com. And the reason he's a success story is because his website basically gives him a single portal 
that his current and would-be fans can go to to do everything from listen to one of his songs to find out where he's going to be performing next. There's even a forum on there that people can interact with each other on. For him, it's his primary marketing vehicle for selling his CD and getting his name out there, and it allows him to build this interactive community and for people to get to know him better. The second one is an author, and her name is Carmela Johnson. If you want to check out her site, you can do so at carmelajohnson.com, and I'll spell that out. It's K-A-R-M-E-L-A-J-O-H-N-S-O-N.com. She was an aspiring author when she came to me, and she initially had a blog on blogspot.com. What we did is we created a site with not only a blog, but a lot of different areas to showcase her writing and her life. And what happened is an agent stopped by one day who was looking for an author for a particular series of books. She checked out Carmilla's writing and her site, including the style and the tone of the site, and decided she would be the right fit for this series of books offered her a contract without her having to submit anything, which is kind of unheard of in the publishing world. And Carmilla credits the site for this. But I want to say that part of why it works is not just the site itself, but Carmilla works the site really hard. She puts in a lot of effort and thought into her content, and she keeps it updated regularly. So when you're going to be creating these branded sites, don't just create it actually maintain it, get good quality uh, content, you know, whether it's audio files or forums or regular blog posts, and interact with your people. Definitely. That can create a lot of um, user loyalty and repeat visitors, and it can help a lot with word of mouth. As important as things like search engine marketing are, one of the best rules of business is good word of mouth. Yep. And... So, I mean, for everyone listening, if you have multiple businesses, you should be getting multiple websites. You know, don't leave any of your businesses hanging out there uncovered and let someone else take, you know, rank number one for your name. Um, And that way they can say whatever they want about your business or your person. You know, create websites for yourself and protect yourself and get those rankings for you. We're going to take a quick commercial break, listen to our fabulous sponsors, and come right back and talk more about design issues with Reese. Stay tuned, everybody. Stick around. Good Karma. We'll be back after this short break. Excellent, excellent. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R.com. More than a name. Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? Well, what kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. With over 30,000 clients and eight years of experience, West Host is not your basement hosting company. Starting at $3.95 a month, West Host offers the lowest price virtual private server technology in the industry, yet they don't sacrifice their world-class data center or superior 24-7 client support. Sign up at westhost.com today and get the hosting technology and real support your business needs at prices you can't find from other hosts. Westhost.com. That's westhost.com. W-E-S. T-H-O-S-T.com. When you expect more from your web host, Click Tracks, all new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zephoria.com, writes Click Tracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what Click Tracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future. Into a fortune. Katie Kempner. 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 Katie Kempner.
Katie Kempner. Katie Kempner. Just a little bit about the hook. The hook. The hook. What I hope to do with the hook is to give you the chance to hear what my friends and colleagues are thinking about doing and doing and doing. People in the marketing, PR, advertising industries right on the forefront and including people that cover these industries. So what I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is help you make your job easier. What I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is join me each week to a two two o'clock on two Tuesdays Tuesday. Intersection of advertising and PR. Good Karma, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hey, everybody, this is Greg, and we're back here talking about design stuff with Reese um, from Designs by Reese. And just want to take a quick side note here and do a public service announcement. Our friend, our buddy, uh, (laughs) Rusty Brick, he has one of the better blogs going at seroundtable.com, and it's been nominated again by Marketing Sherpa for their awards. So everyone listening, go over, check out seroundtable.com. I'm sure you're going to find it's as excellent as can be, and then head on over to Marketing Sherpa and go and vote for it. So that way we can get it to win the award again. And now, end of public service announcement. Back with Reese. <laughs> so, um, Reese, for people that like what they're hearing from you, especially you know with your color theory, your fonts, your success stories of all the great stuff you're doing for your uh, clients, give them your website address so that way they can make sure to find you for future reference. Okay, it's designbyreese.com, and that's D E S I G N. B-Y-R-E-E-S-E.com. Very cool. And I'd love to hear from anyone who is interested in learning more about how to get their site developed. Yeah, and I mean, I've seen your work, and most people, they have no idea that you, you know, did these sites, but, um, I, you know, people always recommend you and point people in your direction, so... Um, if you're seeing a really cool blog and it's in the webmaster circle, there's a good chance Reese um, uh, worked on it. So not a hundred percent chance, but a good. Chance. No, there's a lot of us out there, but it could be one of mine. Um, so let's give some helpful suggestions out there for webmasters on a budget. Sure. Uh, most clients or businesses do have some sort of budget, so you know a lot of people will come with to me and let me know that. They have X number amount to spend. I think if you're a webmaster on a budget and you're interested in having a designer work with you on your project, first get serious about what your goals are and allocate the funds accordingly. I think just like a brick-and-mortar store has to pay for things such as signage and advertising and other marketing things, good webmasters know that successful sites do require some investment on their part. And your website is your storefront if you don't have a brick-and-mortar store. What I would recommend you do is go and interview designers and find someone who will work with your current budget or help you refine and grow a site over time. Like, for example, if you determine you have $100 a month to spend on your site's design and development, be forthright with the designer and see if it's possible to grow it over time and kind of build upon what was done the month prior and keep adding things over time. Um, You know, different designers have different parameters and budgets that they'll work with, but many do work with clients on a budget, and and they'll be clear to a client on what can be accomplished with their budget and help suggest ways to be more efficient and economical regardless of the budget or the project size. Well, what happens if, you know, you're like me, you're not smart, you go off to the bar, you run (laughs) up a big bar tab, and you blow your design budget? (laughs) 
people with, let's say, uh, less less than fifty dollars for design. Right. <laughs> There's no way they're going to be getting you. I mean, they can read your blog at designsbyreef.com, um, and they can get helpful tips by listening to this show here. Um, but what tips would you give to people that just by accident or they're starting up and they literally have no money, um, what tip would you give for them? Um, well, I think if there is a small amount of cash to spend, one thing they can do, and I've done this for people on occasion, is they could get a standard template um, that they get for free but have a header customized. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that might be one way to help ensure that their site design is unique. But, you know, if the budget's really low, then what might be most advisable is for them to go and learn a bit about coding and design themselves and put together a site themselves until which time they have someone who can come along and make it better for them. There's a lot on the web out there that will teach you about everything from HTML to CSS. And, you know, some of the recommendations I've made on this show, such as um, keeping your fonts um, relatively low, the number that you use, making sure your colors have good contrast, there's some advice on there about those sort of things, and you could utilize that and, and put it into a design that you do yourself. Mm-hmm. And here's another factor that I think most people overlook, um, especially people that are trying to save money on their budget. Um, it's the importance of being able to maintain their own site. Yeah. You want to, you want to talk a little bit about this because I really think so many people overlook this aspect. Um, yeah, and there's a couple different ways to approach the maintaining your site thing. And, and what I'll talk about briefly is that a lot of clients come to us because we help set up sites that they can maintain themselves. And basically, one of the things we do is we take away most of the HTML code and CSS so that their job is basically to change and update content as they see fit. And this gives people a lot of control over their site and it saves them a lot of money in long-term maintenance costs because they don't have to keep coming back to me every time they need to make a text change. Um, You know, I think a lot of people, they want to start a website and maintain it themselves, but it can be a little bit difficult if you create a website yourself from scratch and you aren't using any sort of content management system. After a while, it can be a lot of files to wrangle and keep organized and I think that's the time when sometimes a good web designer can come in and not just make you a good-looking site, but organize it for you so that you can maintain it without it being a headache. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I've seen people that just get amazing sites, and it looks great, but it's so complicated and it's so over their heads that within literally two or three weeks, they lose it and they just stop maintaining it altogether because or while they're trying to maintain it they break it and delete it you know so to and what good is that really i mean a, a website these days is really an organic thing and it's always growing for the most part depending mm-hmm. on what you want to do and i think if you're going to go get a designer for your site it'd be really good to ask them how hard is it going to be for me to make changes in maintenance myself because you know, I've seen people who shell out four or five grand for a site, and then they're stuck with it, and nothing can be changed at all, and they're locked into it, and it's really depressing to shell out that amount of cash and not be able to change your site. Yeah, depressing's one word. I'm <laughs> thinking of another word. starts with S. <laughs> it could be stupid. Um But, no, I mean, I really hope no one makes that mistake because that is an unfortunate mistake, especially if you're spending that much money, you honest, then obviously you really do want a quality product. And it's unfortunate that people don't get a quality product that they can maintain for several months and years down the line. Yeah, and you know what? There's no reason for a site of, say, a project of that size and budget that, you know, they shouldn't be able to get a designer who can help them so that they can maintain it over time. Yeah. Now, for people that do have those big budgets, but also they have big networks of sites, mm-hmm. what tips would you have for people designing that have several sites, you know, 5, 10, 20, 50 sites? Right. Uh, I have a couple clients like this, and I think it, these clients are both involved in Internet marketing, and I think these large network of sites are generally most applicable to folks doing that sort of stuff, building sites for ads, sense revenue, and 
things like that. And I know a lot of listeners on your station build these sorts of sites and these networks of sites. What quality I do, content sites. What was that? They're all quality content sites, I assure you. Oh, I, I'm sure they the, <laughs> the two clients I have, they work very hard on their content. Um, basically, what's been helpful with me and them is to define off the bat their expectations and technical needs. So if you have a large network of sites and you want to get specialized designs for them, I think if there's specific optimization techniques that you expect to be used, it helps me as a designer to know that or any other designer. So I would advise someone to give your designer a laundry list of goals and expectations. And then, you know, not all designers are keen on working with this kind of stuff. But if someone is, then, you know, what I do, for example, is I work with my clients to figure out ways to streamline their process and make the design more efficient. Because they have so many sites, they're going to want those sites up quickly, and they want those sites up cost-effectively. So, you know, you might want to find a designer who will work on a different rate structure with you because you have um, a plentiful amount of designs. And sometimes what might be helpful is for you to agree that one or two different main layouts or templates will be used for all the sites. And what would happen is maybe the graphics are customized and swapped out from site to site. This would help keep your cost down and allow the designer to streamline the process for a faster turnaround time. Yes. So Make sense? I'm trying to take notes here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can type this up for you later if you'd like. I'm just going to hand you over like my list of sites and just have you go at it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, really, you know, from my perspective as a designer, and again, you know, different people, they want to design for different markets. But if you're coming to me and you have 50 sites, then that's a fair deal of bread and butter. So I want to work with you to help make sure both of us, I would get a consistent income and you get a cost-effective plan for all your sites. Very cool. So, I mean, for people going out there that are doing work via Elance and those types of places, they're not really getting these cost savings. I don't think so. Um, I know places like that, you can do pitches and get people from other countries to give you site designs for maybe $5. But um, I've never been happy with that. Well, you know, and a lot of people haven't been. And I think sometimes, like, you get what you pay for, right? And wouldn't it be better to work with a designer who sort of has your long-term business goals and interests in mind? And after a while, you sort of develop this synchronous. I can't think of the word. It's not synchronous. This harmonious system where mm. you both kind of get each other. You work well together. The designer works efficiently, and everyone's happy. Yeah, I mean, and for people that have gone down the Elance Road, um, you can get good bargains from there. But it's been my experience that for every good bargain you get, you'll have two or three bad experiences. So overall, you know, you lose on two or three of them getting what you pay for when you're doing $5 a page. Mm -hmm. And for that one bargain, it, you know, it negates itself. It does, especially your time involved trying to get them to redo things or the communication issues. Um, it's a risk you take, and I think there's a risk involved for anyone who's going to approach a designer, whether it's through Elance or through a place like mine. You know, um, there's some trust issues there, and I think that's why it's important that when you approach a designer that you feel comfortable off the bat with how they're communicating to you and if they're listening to you. What should people be looking for when they're picking a designer? Uh, very good question. Um, First of all, it's a fairly subjective process. A lot of people pick out designers because they like what they see in their portfolio, which I think is a great start because if you're drawn to a designer's style, chances are they're going to be successful in executing your vision for your site. But design, as we've talked about on the show, goes beyond how things look. And I think consideration needs to be given if you're doing anything business or commercial related to things like how long has this person been designing? what are their skills, and what can they offer you above and beyond a good-looking site? Like, do they offer advice on search engine ranking and site optimization? Do they help explain why a blog can be a powerful business tool? Uh, do they consider your long-term costs and offer to give you a self-maintaining site? And this is, I think, the most important thing, and I just addressed it. Do they listen to your business goals and objectives? 
and tailor solutions to your needs accordingly. There's some designers there that are kind of locked into doing things their way, but the really good designers are flexible enough to listen to their clients and help design solutions according to the client's needs. And they also will give advice based on their own experience on how a client can improve. So you want a designer who's really going to work with you and listen to you and tailor things according to your goals and needs. Very true. I mean, don't go with someone that has the biggest name. Um, make sure that they're willing to work with you and give you what you want. You know Exactly. Um, really good designers don't just do design. They tend to be very good business consultants as well, you know, on the web as web developers, and they are concerned with topics like web standards and lean code. Um, they stay abreast of these kind of issues. Yep, and the font thing. I'm still amazed at that uh, research <laughs> that you were talking about before. I got, that's just There is a whole... I do not even honestly know that much about it. Like, I have a whole lot to learn when it comes to typography. It's amazing. It's a whole art. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so once you find a good person that you like, you know, how much effort should be coming from the designer and how much input should be coming from the site owner? Okay. Uh, I think both parties have important roles, and they're kind of different, though. A designer's role is very much at the beginning of the site's conception and creation, and their effort's going to be in making a strong design that communicates well, you know, has great user functionality, and meets your business objectives. Um, and they also need to make sure the development aspect of things includes things like keeping the site's graphics small, the code lean and optimized. And then the site owner's effort comes into play. And a good designer will educate the owner on the sort of effort needed to help the site grow and increase its exposure. Um, For example, I personally give clients tips on blogging and content to write and how to utilize keywords, things like that. And at that point, a lot of the onus is then on the site owner to keep the site going and growing. And as you probably know, a successful website can actually be a fair deal of work on the site owner's part. Um, Depending on your business model and goals, it can involve a lot of hands-on work. Um, Some people who do what you do, I think, can outsource some of that work. But, for example, if you're an author, you're going to want to write a lot on your site, and you're going to need to do that fairly frequently so that you're increasingly exposed. So a website is not this magical thing that a designer makes for you and then poof, it works. The designer definitely has a lot of effort to put into making that look great and some initial stuff to helping it get web exposure. But then the site owner also has to put in a fair deal of effort. Very good stuff. Um, And we're just going to open it up for everyone in the live chat room. Um, feel free to send me a private message of any question you'd like me to ask Reese about the designing going on today. And while they're plugging in all their questions for you, Reese, um, any final words of wisdom? Hmm. I would say uh, if you are serious about your business and your growth, design is an important consideration. Don't discount it. Uh, there's a reason why certain products and services out there do well, and a great deal of it is their marketing, which includes things such as design. So, you know, give design consideration. It's an important aspect of building a strong website, I feel. Very cool. Um, question we have here is, any advice for drop-down menus? Ah, advice for drop-down menus. I'm not quite sure, like, what kind of advice they're looking for. Um Look, I think they're trying to figure out how to do drop-down menus in the best way. Oh, okay. Well, there's a lot of different ways to approach it. I personally am a CSS purist, cascading style sheets. So my own approach would be to go and find a way to get it done through CSS. Um, There are some sites out there that basically provide you code for menus, And I cannot think of the URL off the top of my head, but I'm happy to give it to you after the show, and you could put it up in your link list. Yep. But you can find a lot of code out there that you can adapt for your own purposes, and it's like open source type code. Um, 
I personally like making menus through CSS because I find them a lot easier to change, edit, and wrangle than if I go and create them with tables and Dreamweaver with all kinds of buttons. It's just a pain to try to manage all that. Um, another question we got going on here, does she know of any good Drupal design template resources? What was that word, Drupal? Drupal, uh, D-R-U-P-A-L. You know what, I'm sorry to say that I don't. I'm really not familiar at all with Drupal, and I, d I don't know, I guess I would advise a web search. <laughs> oh, Reese, you let me down. You let I'm me down sorry. <laughs> you know, there's only so many content management systems that I can keep track of in my head. <laughs> well, then I'm going to turn it around into another question. Okay. What's your preferred content management platform? Ah, well... I am a huge advocate of a system called Expression Engine. Now, if you have a commercial or business-related website, it's not free. However, if you have a personal website, they have a free version called Expression Engine Core. And I have not found any content management system that offers me as much flexibility and ease of use that Expression Engine does. It is amazing how it can manage a site. But I will say, if you just have a basic blog, and you don't need a lot of other bells and whistles, it might be wise to go with something like WordPress, which is free, and you don't have to you know, pay for it. Um, and the person that was asking about Drupal pointed out that it's an open source uh, content management platform. So yes. um, got to put it on the laundry list of more things to learn. <laughs> <sighs> well, these days, honestly, because there's so much to learn out there, I really have to streamline my process, and that's why I pretty much stick to, say, WordPress, Expression Engine, and occasionally a blogger site, just because it makes things more efficient. Very cool. Well, we're wrapping up uh, here. We're running out of time. I want to thank you, Reese, again for making time to talk with us. Thanks and for having me. Oh, um, our pleasure. And any final words of wisdom other than check up all the design information at designsbyreese.com? Well, it's actually design without oh, design. the S. Sorry, right. my bad. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, but, you know, if anyone has questions about design that they want to toss at me, they can find a contact information through that site, through my site, designsbyreese.com. And, you know, given if I have time... It, to address a question, I'm more than happy to help someone out because I know we're all learning and people are at various stages of learning. And I've had a lot of people help me out along my period of growth. So, you know, if you're curious about, wait, why, why should I use this font and not this font, and you want to toss that at me, have at it. I'm happy to help you out if I can. Very cool in the true sense of good karma right there, folks. There well, you go. Well, thanks for taking the time, and we'll talk with everybody next week. Bye-bye, Thank everyone. you. Hello.